0: Hello out there and welcome to the second episode in our hot, sizzling summer special shows here on She Said, She Said. We kicked off the summer with a wonderful, inspiring June visit with Harry Nilsson's charming son, Zach. And looking ahead, in August, we'll be chatting with rock and roll Hall of Fame lead guitarist for the Cars, Elliot Easton. We can't wait to dive in to part two of his incredible chat with us about how the Beatles inspired his music. And today, today we have one of our very, very favorite people in the Beatles world who is waiting in the wings to start us up, if you don't mind that subtle (laughs) Stones reference, perhaps not so subtle as we all get ready to pack our bags and travel to Chicago for the Best for Beatles fans. I am your co-host, Lena Stagg, the author of the Recipe Records series of rock and roll cookbooks, and I am smiling ear to ear as we begin this very special show.
1: As am I, girlfriend. Hey, everyone. I'm Lena's sidekick, Jude Sutherland Kessler, the author of the John Lennon series of madly researched and documented narrative histories on the life of John, of course, and if you write about John, you have to also include his mates, the Beatles, as well, so they're all in there, and like Lena, I, too, am counting the days, literally Counting the days. I almost couldn't sleep last night thinking about it because we are all going to meet up at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Chicago August 9th through 11th for the Fest for Beatles fans. To me, it is more than just a convention. It's a party. It's a symposium. It's an experience. And it's hosted twice a year by founders Mark and Carol Lapidos, and of course their two very creative daughters, Michelle Joni and Jessica Tilly. it's It's not just a way for people to get together and hear Beatles experts loftily speak and Although that's part of it, don't don't get me wrong. But there's Beatles art displayed, there are Beatles tribute bands. You actually get to rub shoulders with people who knew and walked and talked and lived their lives with the Beatles. It is a family gathering, though, more than anything, more than any of those things. It's a family gathering for thousands of Beatles fans who will be converging at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare to play guitars, sing Beatles songs, just off-the-cuff dance to Beatles music, watch Beatles films, and really to learn so much that weekend from the greatest Beatles biographers and music experts and filmmakers on the planet. And I mean that. I mean, this year, we, all the stops have been pulled out. It's amazing. And our guest today is one of the backbones of this wonderful event.
0: He is indeed, as well as the perfect eye candy candidate. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most most of you know him as a weekly host of the Wednesday night Sirius XM Beatles channel radio show, The Fab Forum, one of my very favorite shows. Where along with his co hosts Dennis Elsis and Bill Flanagan, they chat with Beatles royalty such as Julian Lennon and Ma- Ken Mansfield, and they tackle timely topics such as the release of new Beatles music and documentaries. They also discuss intricacies of Beatles history, and they dive deep into subjects that every devoted fan really wants to hear.
1: And really, before you know, I got hooked on the Fab Forum. For years, I knew him as the man who did it all, does it all at the Fest for Beatles fans because for over a decade, he has hosted the Beatles trivia contest at the Fest. And he's also facilitated panels of Beatles experts as they debate and discuss various topics such as, you know, which do you prefer, the capital version of Help?, or the EMI version of Help and Why, and Song by Song, and really get into the nitty gritty. But he's also taken part in those panels himself as a well-known and respected Beatles expert. In the last five years or so, he has also evolved into the role of the official Fest MC at the Fest, interviewing distinguished primary source guests from all over the world, internationally known authors, we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes, And I personally am very blessed that he always introduces me when I deliver the early bird presentation on the main stage each Fest Sunday morning at 11 a.m. And, I mean, after that, it's a good thing I get to see him then because after that, he's here, there, and everywhere working like a dog all day long interviewing, hosting, fixing whatever needs to be fixed, overseeing, making sure that every single person who comes to the fest has a magical experience. For years, the, the slogan that Mark and Carol Lapidus have used for the fest is, a splendid time is guaranteed for all, a little Sergeant Pepper illusion. And the gentleman waiting to speak with you today truly makes it so. So please welcome one of Beatle Fan Magazine's most respected writers, one of Sirius XM Beetle Channel's best hosts, and for us a dear, dear friend through good times and bad times. Truly a prince of a guy, Mr. Tom Frangione.
2: Wow, that uh, that was quite a <laughs> mouthful there, and I'm I'm still getting over the whole eye candy thing. Though you know, I, I have also been told I've got the perfect face for radio. So. Uh, <laughs> it kind of keeps me grounded but thank you for that for that very nice introduction Lena and Jude uh, it's an honor to be on a a fun podcast yeah, and uh, obviously with such charming and knowledgeable hosts uh, that makes it all the, all the more fun uh, i do a lot of these podcasts um you know and just weigh in with you know what's going on in Beatle history and stuff and some of them are real loosey-goosey, and some of them are real, real scholarly, and some of them are mm-hmm. fun, and yours has just uh, such a nice blend of it. It keeps it feeling, as you said about the fest, very very family-focused. Uh, you know, here in New York, we call it uh, our Beatles Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, yes. Everybody yeah. comes from all <laughs> over the place, and there folks you only see uh, a couple times a year maybe, and uh, but it, it's a time that we all celebrate and kind of... Uh, all focus in on that love of, of that common love of the Beatles. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. They, that, that band has um, pulled people together that would not know each other, any other you know, through any other experience. So it's, it is a very magical, as Jude said, absolutely. So, Tom, there are several things that um, we want to tell the listeners as they consider whether or not to attend the Chicago Fest. It's only a couple of weeks away now, and I know some people in our listening audience are deciding whether to clean out their garage that weekend or watch another rerun of Uncle Bud or something. <laughs> or, or they could motor on out to Chicago and have the time of their lives. So to me, it's a no-brainer, but let's give those who are on the fence say five of the most exciting things that they could experience if they dare to leave home and attend the Chicago Fest. And I'm going to make this really tough for you now because I'm going to ask you to exclude both Mark Lewison's presentation and Alan White's talk because we're going to cover those in a few minutes. So excluding Lewison and White, what are the top five events coming up at the Fest?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that's that's always hard for me, Lena, uh, is I go to the fest, and as you say, I'm involved in doing all kinds of events and emceeing things, but there's a lot of time when I'm not doing that, when I'm there going to the fest to enjoy it, as I have uh, really since it started back in the mid-'70s. So my, I think the list I'm going to give you is going to be kind of a mix of part of it seeming like I'm, uh, you know, a shill here for the, for the event, and a couple things that I think, might, might give you a little insight to, to just how much I still remain through all of this a big, 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 big fan, uh, not only of the Beatles, but of the Fest, uh, mm-hmm. because Mark and Carol and the team do such a great job. So obviously, as, as I ask people at one of the events I host, what's your most favorite part of the Fest? And boy, if they don't say being right here at the Name That Tune competition, well, they're in big, big trouble. So uh, that's... <laughs> That's one of the things that I always do, but now that's not on my top five, but I guess, you know, the biggest thing isn't so much a thing or an event, but uh, you guys have gone to a lot of fests. I've gone to a lot of fests, and there's always a great buzz when there's something new out. And it could be a new official Beatles album. It could be a new DVD. It could be having one or two Beatles out on the road. It could be anything like that. And, as we get to mid-August, we're going to be knocking on the door of the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road. Uh, and as we get closer to the 50th anniversary, I just have a real strong feeling we're going to be hearing about uh, some celebrations. A couple of them have been announced already, like the opening of Abbey Road Studios to the public for tours. But um, I think if they follow suit the way they have the last couple of years with the White Album and Sgt. Pepper, we may we may be in for a new release, and there's been... Plenty of buzz on the Internet that I'm not in a position to confirm or deny. But uh, when people start publishing the, you know, the catalog numbers and stuff, uh, we might be working on a leak here. So uh, I think as we get closer to the middle of August when the fest hits, a lot of that buzz will be happening, and people will already be talking about some of the new Abbey Road excitement that's going to be out there. So that, that I think, is going to be a good underpinning for it. Um, one of the things Jude mentioned in her in her um, you know introduction about the fest, obviously it would it wouldn't be complete without live music, but one of the things uh, that people should look for beyond Rock and Roll Hall of Fame drummer Alan White, who we're going to talk about in a bit, um, this year is also the 40th anniversary. I, I I can't believe this, and I told this to the guys. In New York, I said, was it 40 years ago that I cut high school to go buy Back to the Egg? Um, <laughs> sorry, Ma, if you're listening. Um, but, yeah, it's the 40th anniversary of Back to the Egg. And mm-hmm. the wingmen, as they call themselves, which would be the non-McCartney members of Wings, it would be Denny Lane, of course, the longtime uh, wingman, along with Steve Holly on drums and Lawrence Juber, the great Lawrence Juber mm-hmm. on guitar, the three of them, uh, you know, put together a nice salute not only to Back to the Egg, but to Wings. Uh, so Lawrence goes up there and he pays homage to, you know, Jimmy McCulloch and Henry McCullough and, you know, plays the leads to My Love, you know, with the band and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Paul and Wings fan, that's not to be missed. It's really fantastic. Um, so that's, that's one of my, you know, absolute, you know, go-tos for this upcoming fest. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ken Mansfield, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, Ken's book about being on the roof and all his work with the Beatles is so good. And he was a guest, actually, on the Fab Forum right around the 50th anniversary of the Rooftop and told such great stories, and he's a charming guy. And anyone going to the fest should make it a point to take in Ken Mansfield's presentation. And those of you that are still on the fence, as we say, that should be enough to get you to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to not only Jude, um, you know, and her presentation, which I have the pleasure to introduce every year, which is always fantastic, but some of the you know the the real respected names in Beatle authordom out there, um, Bruce Spicer and uh, Chuck Gunderson and Ken Womack actually has another new book out, and his his books on George Martin were just spectacular. He's, mm-hmm. he's a real scholarly guy. He put together that. Uh, that symposium in Monmouth last year on the white album uh, real real knowledgeable guy and his presentations are great so that whole you know element I think would get its own vote but here's the fifth one that's kind of kind of a little left of center for me I mean for a lot of years as I was building my collection I mean the fest was about going to the flea market that's what it was there for uh, to buy imports and to buy bootlegs we all have to say bootlegs on this podcast I guess we have. <laughs> I think so we can. Anyway.
0: I, our, so the, only our eye candy guests can say it. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh,
2: the so you guys will have to do that. Uh, oh. The there's a new book out by a guy named Terry Crane mm-hmm. about collecting the Beatles and a lot of the stuff that was licensed by Nems and things. And yeah, you know, I didn't collect a lot of that stuff. Although, admittedly, um, here in my office looking at my binder full of 1964 gum cards, uh, but it has a lot of of how those things came about, and it's not not a price guide, it's, it's a it's a nice, you know, display book with some nice stories about how these things got licensed, and you know, how they got distributed and things. I'm really looking forward to uh, to sitting in on that, you know, in, in terms of, you know, from the collector angle, because as I say, I go there, I wear a lot of hats in addition to the, here come the flying quotes, in addition to the work. Um, you know, I like
1: to go, <laughs>
2: in, in my fan, you know, when I have the fan hat on, I like to Go to the flea market and see if there's something cool to pick up. I like to go hear the speakers and find out about their books. I like to go hear the bands and enjoy the music. Of course, it's all part of all the fun, but I think that's five, right? The Abbey Road Buzz, yep. The Wingmen, The Great Writers, and Ken Mansfield Ken. and Terry Crane's book. There, There's five. How'd we do? Oh, yeah. Okay, I love go.
1: it. And you may not know this, Tom, but Lena was actually the um, official editor for Terry Crane's book and spent – a Year or half two years working on the book, so we are we are well acquainted with that, and cannot wait to hear Terry speak. God, I put that thing on my list. <laughs> it's it's exciting it's ex- ex- really exciting I have to tell you my funny Lawrence Juber story when you brought him up I'm at a book signing on the street in New Hope, Pennsylvania and this nice looking man walks up and I spend 10 minutes going into the John Lennon series and trying to sell him a book and telling him all about John and he patiently stands there and then says um, I'm Lawrence Juber yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see Lawrence, I always tell him he owes me another $3,000. And He says, when I watch you play, I go home, I take my guitar, throw it in the fireplace, and say it ain't ever going to do me any good.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. That is so funny. Well, okay, confession time. I have to admit, and Mark Lapidos, if you're listening, plug your ears, but Alan White, iconic drummer, was for the first time last year at the New Jersey Fest this past spring, we got to actually hear him speak. And we're not really supposed to leave our booth in the marketplace, but during the hour that Alan was speaking, I played hooky. I left my husband, Rand, sweetly manning the booth for me. But I went to hear Alan's very heartfelt talk about his years with Yes and, of course, this magical time that he spent with with John, and I'll let you tell more about that, and also with George, and i was blown away i mean alan gave a fantastic presentation so for people out there who really don't know alan and i guess there's some people out there that don't give us a scoop and tell us what he'll be talking about
2: well alan of course uh is best known as the drummer for yes uh, who who recently inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame so it's great that alan uh, has now joined that vaunted club. But back in 69 and, you know, into 1970, he was very much in the, uh, we'll call it in the Apple Mafia. Um, John spotted him one night in a club, really thought he was terrific, and invited him to come and play at, he, really his first full concert outside the Beatles, uh, which we, we all know is Live piece in Toronto. So mm-hmm. Alan's the drummer on that, but he's also on... Another live John album, and people go, what? He's not on the one-to-one album. I say, that's right, he's not. But he's actually one of the drummers on that Live at the Lyceum ballroom disc that was the uh, the bonus disc with the kitty album. So that, you know, he's on two John Lennon live albums, which is kind of cool. Not many people can say that. Back to Alan White. Alan also can be seen if Lennon fans want to kind of get a an idea of what he brought to the table. Can see Alan pretty prominently featured in the recent television special that was called Above Us Only Sky: The Making of the, the Imagine Album, where he's in, you know, in the band there over there at uh, at Ascot, and you know he's he's there for the creation of you know all these iconic songs, including Imagine. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in it is when John sits down to show the band that, and everyone's just kind of looking over John's shoulder as he's playing the piano. And, I mean, it's got to be like watching, you know, watching someone give birth to something that beautiful. It's just incredible. But he, he had played with John in the studio. Uh, he did the, the that iconic drum part on Instant Karma on the single. So between Instant Karma, the Imagine album, and two live live concert albums, uh, he's a pretty big presence on the John Lennon early um you know early solo records he also is one of several drummers on the all things must pass album of course Phil Spector would have it no other way than to have half a dozen drummers in there so he's alongside Jim Gordon and Ringo and people like that playing drums on several songs on all things must pass and George when George was uh, producing some of the Apple acts like even the Radha Krishna Temple who had a pretty big hit in England with a song called Govinda uh, it was actually Allen on percussion on that song, so he's very much part of that early Apple scene in you know 69, 70 in that era. And here's, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't do any trivia with you here on the uh, on the She Said She Said podcast. But <laughs> you know, he actually was in a band with Denny Lane. What? Yeah, you can look it up. They were in a very short-lived band. It was called Balls. Are we allowed to say that on the She Said, She Said podcast? I
0: can...
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're go. Maverick. We've gone rogue. Yeah, there you go. So if you can dig out your old Balls album, uh, you can have Denny Lane and Alan White sign that for you. you... That's wild. Yeah, so pretty cool that... stuff
1: golly, it's amazing. He is so good. And he starts with yes, and then he then he gets into the George and John stuff. And I'm telling people, I don't know what they're thinking if they miss hearing his presentation. It, I there's just no words for how great it is. I was writing notes so fast that my hand was about to fall off. But I've heard this next presentation, and you've heard it, and Lena's heard it, and I just stutter when I start talking about it because the three of us were on hand at Monmouth University when the number one Beatles guru worldwide, Mr. Mark Lewison, blew our minds, absolutely blew our minds with his incredible, intricate, detailed presentation last November taking us through a year with the Beatles. Well, he is returning to the Fest for Beatles fans in Chicago for the first time since our special New York City gathering and commemorating 1964 on the 50th year anniversary when we all gathered in downtown New York City. And actually Mark Lewison was there. He hasn't been back since then. So we are thrilled that he is returning to the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. So, any idea what Mr. Lewis might be covering, and for those who might, just might not know, our venerable Mr. L, give him his propers, Tom, if you don't mind.
2: Well, Mark is is the world's foremost Beatles historian and researcher. Um, his books, whichever corner he approaches it from, whether it's the, the book that is, you know, more of a biography, which uh, is part of a trilogy, the first part of which... Uh, everyone enjoyed was called tune in but he also did those definitive reference books on the Beatles recording sessions he was privileged to go hear all the session tapes and present them you know and log them in in book form and describe what's on those tapes Um, his first Beatles book the um, the Beatles live which chronicled all the club dates right on up through you know the stadium years and then he kind of put those together uh the sessions book and the live one and did a thing called the Beatles Chronicle which is kind of a like a diary a day by day whether they were recording or filming or vacationing frankly or mm-hmm. or uh doing or playing in concert or whatever so his books are on the essential shelf uh of any Beatles library of course but Mark is not he what he's not is a you know cut and dried you know, sound like he's reading from a phone book. Oh, and then on the next day, they recorded She Loves You. On the next day, mm-hmm. they did... No, he's he's a, a terrific presenter. And the presentation that you're talking about, Jude, that he did at Monmouth um, about the 1968 White Album era was really fantastic. Uh, yeah. And it's so expansive that it's actually going to be split over two days, Saturday and Sunday. So if you're there, you're definitely going to want to be on hand for that. But Mark also has something... Cool, and I'm not, I'm not spilling any beans. Uh, you know, this is up on the website and stuff. But he's going to do a like a little um, like a flash round of things. You can bring whatever you want, a Beatles book, an album, a photo, a piece of memorabilia, a recording, anything you want, and he's going to work like with a stopwatch, and he'll have five minutes that he will tell you all you need to know about it. So if you brought something as you know, as common as the Meet the Beatles album, he'd say, that was the one where they lifted songs from With the Beatles and a few songs from singles, and it was made for the American market, and it was the one that went to number one, you know, when they were on The Sullivan Show, and it was the one that, you know... And he'll give you all of the the backstory behind whatever it is you bring. So... If you ever watch that show on cable where um, it's the was it the Antique Road Show or something? You know, you right. you show up with some end table and they tell you, "Oh, this was made in the you know 1950s and it was uh, <laughs> from this style of architecture or whatever." Uh, he's going to basically do that with whatever you feel like bringing. Uh, you know, <laughs> it could be uh, it could be a concert program, it could be a book, it could be a record, it could be a poster, it could be literally anything, and he's going to tell you all you need to know about it in five minutes. So, you know, that that kind of, you know, crosses over into that interactive side, which is what the Fest is about. As you said, it's not just going to sit and be talked to, you're going to be talked with. Uh, And there's a big difference. And and that really is what makes the Fest a lot of fun, is that it's so interactive. Uh, It's as interactive as you want it to be.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, you can dance, you can move, you can do – I mean, it is it is the best of the best. I actually have John's forks that he ate from on the plane on the 1964 North American tour given to me by Betty Birdsell, the stewardess on that plane. So I ought to bring those and just hand you him those two forks. Those.
2: <laughs> if you have a cipher that John had the chicken and not the fish, then then I'll be – Mark is, he's just, I've known Mark, oh, geez, it goes back to the early 80s. We were in England and did one of those first tours, um, you know, when they opened Abbey Road. And uh, we did a tour around London, and he was our, our, you know, our tour guide. And this is before, you know, it kind of exploded into a little cottage industry that it is over there. And he was our tour guide, and I remember him. Doing one of the cruelest things you could do to a bus full of Beel maniacs. We were driving through Soho Square, and he pointed. I said, "If you look to your left, that's uh, MPL, That's where Paul's offices are." And everyone's looking, and he, and he said something along the lines of, "And you know, it's quite possible he's in there today." The whole bus, like nearly tilted over, because everybody's jammed to the one side of the bus. You know, just by casually saying, oh, "Yeah, he might be there." You know. Uh, oh
1: my gosh!
2: But uh, that's that's just kind of part of the, the fun that he brings to something as simple as taking a bus ride around London. But uh, yeah. he's, he's a brilliant guy, um, very, very charming, obviously, to say knowledgeable doesn't begin to scratch the surface.
1: Amen. I mean it. Well, for everybody that's that's listening and going, uh, I don't know if I just want to go hear as, as great as a speaker could be. I don't know if I just want to go spend my weekend hearing speakers. Let me assure you that the Fest is not just this dusty gathering of baby boomers who were quote-unquote there for the Beatles. I mean, look, Lena is a second-gen fan. There are tons of third-gen fans who are thrilled to be at the Fest, and it is definitely not a weekend of just sitting and listening to speakers on the stage. There are tons of things that are taking place at the Hyatt Regency, O'Hare, August 9th through 11th, so... Tom, give us a sampling of some of those other sorts of totally unique activities that people can experience if they get off their duffs and come out and take part in the weekend.
2: Sure. If, if you want to take part in things, there's obviously I, I host a couple of things there, like the Name That Tune game, which is always fun. Um, the longtime Chicago MC Wally Podrazik, another dear friend, he hosts the trivia in Chicago. But it's as, it's as interactive as you want to be. As I said, there's an art contest do you draw? Do you sketch? Do you do crochet and needlepoint? Whatever medium you work in, there's an art contest that anyone can enter. There's a battle of the bands. Do you play the ukulele? Do you play the harmonica? Do you play the guitar? Do you, you, know, do you play the piano? You want to go in um, and bring your band, and there's also a sound-alike if you want to do it solo. And just go up there with an acoustic guitar and maybe play yesterday, or play whatever you want, but mm-hmm. you can do all that. And Friday night, just kind of as a great icebreaker, there's even this Uh, The band doesn't do necessarily a concert. They do kind of a, a, you know, like a a dance band kind of thing, kind of like a, you know, think a night at the cavern kind of thing. It's all rock and roll. It's, you know, they have a dance contest and a dress-up contest, so you want to wear your best Carnaby Street duds? Bring it. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. what it's about. And, of course, even those those panel discussions and things, no one gets up there and says, and here's how it went, and tell their story and say goodbye. I've never been to one where... Uh, at the end, you know, or even during the presentation, there wasn't room for questions and answers. So if someone is giving a, a talk about George Martin and you had a question about George Martin you, that that you want to ask, there are people there that can help you with that. So it's, as they say, it's as much fun as you want to make it. Um, you know, if you're a film buff and just want to watch Beatle concert films all day, well, you know, you can go into one of the rooms and do that, too. Yeah. So, uh, it really is all about having fun there, and it's, there's so many different ways to do it.
0: It, it really is. Those, And I, I particularly enjoy the panels, and there are a lot of people. I've been on a couple of panels, and the people in the audience, they really, really enjoy coming up and speaking with the people who are on the panels. And um, they, you always just meet really interesting people that have a memory to share or you know have great questions and it's it's such a um, great interactive experience and um it's also, it's just really terrific to to hang out with those people um I've taken part in also the fabratory i always oh, yeah. pronounce it fabratory <laughs> but um I've had games and tasting sessions and competitions and so forth, and those have been terrific fun, too. We we definitely don't want people to think a fest is all about sitting around and just taking notes because it's not. And um, speaking of fun events, Tom, tell us about your weekly radio show on Sirius XM's Beatles channel. Give us the background of your co-hosts and tell us some of the best shows that you guys have had in the past year or so.
2: Okay. Um, well, as uh, many of your listeners may know, Sirius XM hosts the official Beatles channel. This is you know was launched in conjunction with Apple. Um, so Apple and Sirius work very, very closely on this in terms of not only the routine programming and you know which songs are in rotation and things like this, but a lot of the specialty program. Uh, things that go on, so Peter Asher has his show, Chris Carter has his show, and we do the only, actually it's the only live thing on the channel, which is Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, and it's called the Fab Forum, which I was honored to be asked to join Um, when the channel was announced. They had put this idea of a talk show together with listener calls and guests and, and things like that, and uh, the two guys that were were named to do this were radio legend Dennis Elses Certainly here on the East Coast, he uh, he was the music director at the great WNEW, the very influential WNEW, for over thirty years. Uh, Dennis, you know, to say that he is a well-respected figure in radio, New York, and otherwise would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. And the guy named Bill Flanagan, Bill was the editor of Musician magazine for many years, and then did a very long Uh, tenure over at the mtv and vh1 networks where he got to produce a lot of shows a lot of the unplugged shows and storytellers was was you know kind of his baby uh he produced the ringo storytellers album so if you go haul that one out you'll actually he's the first voice you hear on that album (laughs) introducing Mm. ringo uh so bill is a, a pretty scholarly guy and a great interviewer i often tell people you know i'll point to an inanimate object like a you know, a desk and say, he could interview that desk and get good <laughs> information. Um You know, he's a really good interviewer. Dennis is a great host. And they said, you know, what we think we'd like to complement that with is a Beatles expert, you know, or a Beatles fan, yep. or uh, a Beatle guy. Not um, yep. just a radio guy, not just a, you know, a journalist guy, but a Beatle guy. And I was asked to take part in that, and it was it was an honor to be, you know, to be considered for it. Um, much less be invited into to audition and uh, ultimately uh, get the green light so it's it's been great great fun for 3 years um, I use the story even as recently as this week our last week our guest on the show was Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones and I said you know when else was I going to get to talk to Bill Wyman you know when else was that going to happen and that list you know week to week changes where I say well when else was I going to sit down and talk to Giles Martin when was I going to sit down and talk to James Taylor? When was I going to sit down and talk to Graham Nash? Um, yeah. You know, they get us—they get us some major names like that as our guests, and there's times we get people who have absolutely zero connection, other than they are super fans and maybe well-known people. So we've had actors, actresses, writers, people who are just—they're just really big fans. They have, may have never worked with them, may have never met them, but are just super fans and we, we work that angle, too, and say, you know, what is it that, that makes you a super fan and hearing their stories, and since they're people that, you know, our listeners would know, um, it resonates really quite well, so yeah. it's it's been great fun to do. In fact, uh, when this podcast is over, I'll be writing tomorrow night's show. We have a couple of great guests coming on. We have Ricky Lee Jones now. Again, there's a name you don't normally associate with the Beatles, but... She's a major artist, um, has done beautiful Beatle covers. We'll find out why she selected the songs she did and why, as a songwriter, those, you know, those particular Beatle tracks resonated with her. And that makes for some good radio, or at least we try to make it <laughs> some good radio. Yeah. And then we invite our listeners to call in. Uh, we'll have a topic, so something as simple as, well, there's the new movie that's out yesterday. A lot of people have seen that. A lot of our audience has seen that, and we'll say, you know, that may be one of our calls tomorrow. And we say, call us up at at the at the uh, the Fab Forum and tell us what you think of the movie. What was your favorite part? What what did you like about it? What you know? What did you think of it? And we'll get, you know, we'll get a great cross section. And you can hear uh, some people are very proud with their badge of honor and come and say, well, Evan, before I tell you about yesterday, let me tell you. But I've been a fan since I saw them on the Ed Sullivan Show. <laughs> so we will get that, or we'll get you know. My mother took me to the movie. I'm, you know, my name is Jennifer. I'm ten, and my mother took me to the movie, and I really liked it because I liked the songs or something like that. So we yeah. will get um, a good cross section, and it gives us an idea of who's out there listening and who's you know who our audience is, and you know we try and build the show around that. We'll we'll do some news is. There's never a shortage of news. I mean, Paul and Ringo played together last week. Um, you know, there are new Paul albums in the stores. That Ringo starts his tour next week. We're going to have Mark Rivera, Ringo's musical director, calling in tomorrow to tell us, uh, you know, how they're preparing to get that on the road. There's wow. never, ever, ever a shortage of Beatle anniversaries. It's always the anniversary of something. Uh, yeah. So, we, you know, we look at anniversaries and say, boy, wasn't that, uh, what a week that was. That uh, I guess this week one of the one of the anniversaries actually we'll have to talk to Mark about that too was the last play at Shea when Paul came out with Billy Joel, so when Mark's on the phone we'll get him to talk about not only what's going to happen next week with Ringo, but what has happened that he was part of with with Paul. So uh, yep. we try and give a real nice balanced show and uh, it's it's great great fun, um, as I say talking with with some of. Literally, it's an overused term. My musical heroes like Graham Nash and Bill Wyman and James Taylor. On, by the oh. way, that I mentioned, we've had Paul and Ringo. You know, uh, you know, oh. in with a couple of things. Um, you know, it's it's kind of cool, and um, you know, you, you try and keep your cool. The, the only time I think I ever really lost it is when we were introduced to James Taylor, and Dennis said, "Oh, and we, we have with us tonight our." Beetles expert Tom Frangione, and he he came away. He went, ooh, the doctor of beetleology, and I was like, ooh. I said, oh my god, <laughs> you know, uh, At that point, it's, you know, when you say, wow, maybe James Taylor listens to the show. That's, oh that's, my god, cool thing, you know. And we know we do get calls or, or emails even during the show from, you know, from the Home Office saying, hey, we're listening yeah. over here in London, and it sounds great. Um, yeah. So, we know they're listening too, and it's it keeps us on our toes. And we we uh, we're proud to you know to be doing this now for our third year.
0: Wow, That is yeah. just spectacular. Well, they definitely created the perfect mixture with uh, you three hosts. I I have loved um, every episode that I listened to. I you were saying that you know some of the guests were kind of unlikely um, guests, but One show I really enjoyed was Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs. I think that's who it was. Yeah, they were great. It was terrific. I was was on a long trip, and I I got there, (laughs) and the show was still going. And um, I sat in my car for 20 minutes and finished listening to it, because I was just hooked. um,
2: Well, Susanna was actually, she did the show solo. She was one of probably our first 10 guests a couple of years ago when the show launched and then we did one with Matthew and her but uh, she is an enormous Beatles fan uh, all the Bangles were and certainly you can hear not only in the music but any interview you talk with uh, any that you've ever heard with any of the Bangles um, you, you know just how deeply rooted in the Beatles not only their sound is but their their whole approach to music their influence um, and what they strive for. So she was just delightful. She was funny mm-hmm. and candid and told really interesting stories. And we actually uh, we get to surprise some of our guests. So we were talking, uh, this was actually one of the early thrills we had. Susanna was our guest, and they, she was talking about how they often would cover Beatles songs in concerts. Okay, so a lot of bands do that, but she was telling us why they picked the songs they did. She says, but, you know, we never covered one on record, which I regret. And we said, well, it was almost like that old show, This Is Your Life. We said, well, Susanna, (laughs) we have dug out a, you know, a Bangles cover of a Beatles song. And she said, "Mm, which one? And we reminded her it was a a children's pop-up book. With like sing along songs, and the Bangles did a version of "Good Day Sunshine," and she went, "Oh my God, I forgot that!" Oh my <laughs> God! We said, "Yeah, we well, we like to do our homework here at the Fab Forum, <laughs> so that wow. we, that we uh we get to surprise our guests even now and again, and that's that's fun because they know we've we've really prepared for them and really have uh, you know wanted to show the respect that yeah. they're all due. You guys
0: are like. Uh the Sirius XM FBI
2: agents no we, well, we have a great we have a team of great producers we have one guy named Carl uh, who who digs deep 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 with us uh, he gives me a great run for my money uh, in terms <laughs> of digging up covers and rarities and things like that he's really really uh, well. W- you know, well informed and a, a great, you know, a great producer. As is our our producer Adam Saltzman. Uh, these guys know their Beatles inside and out. They really do.
0: Well, kudos to you, Tom, for for doing such a fantastic job. That's just terrific. I love love SiriusXM so much, specifically the Beatles channel. That I had to get the uh, app for my phone and other devices. This is not like an official commercial, but, you know, if somebody wants to take my recommendation, I, I think they'd be happy.
2: Oh, and I, like I say, it's there's such great programming throughout the day uh, on the Beatles channel. The, the production team over there really does a great job. Some great specialty program uh, offerings, which if you have the app, here's where I go being a shill again, but if you have the app, mm-hmm lot of things like even our show is on demand so we go out live on wednesday nights and the show repeats on saturday mornings and sunday early evening Mm -hmm. but if you have the app it's on demand and you can hear it whenever you want oh Uh, that's great just just no phone calls we're not sitting there waiting you know all week uh, (laughs) the phone call bit the live thing that's only on wednesday nights.
0: awesome well tom i'm sorry to say we are almost out of time this 40-minute show goes by very quickly and it feels like they
2: always do like, yeah uh,
0: like a hello, goodbye, if you know what I
2: mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But you know, this is this is the the best part. Uh, just, I I really want to say thank you for having me on. And you know, when when I talk about the the Beatles Channel or writing for Beatles Fan or any of stuff, and you know, people say, "Wow, you do a lot of that." And what's your favorite part of it? I always tell them this: it's it's the friends that you make along the way. Um, you I know, the, the, over the forty years, it's it's really. Astounding! I mean, it's staggering how many friends, you know, that you, you make along the way at things like the Fest and, you know, by sharing all this this love for the Beatles. That's true.
0: Absolutely. Well, are there any future projects that you want to mention that you are working on? Any Beatle fan magazine articles coming out in the next few months? Well,
2: we just put out a new issue about, oh, what was it, two, three weeks ago which has a cover story on the 30th anniversary of the All-Star Band, which uh, I did a a couple of the, I guess they're cover stories, because they're about Ringo's All-Star Band, about uh, the history of it and some great moments from over the years. You know, writing about the All-Star Band invariably breaks down into which years, which players, which songs, but I tried to do something a little bit different and say, well, these were some special shows, and here's why. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, going down to see Ringo... Uh, who's always had that country feel, and see Ringo play at the Ryman. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great. You know, Ringo's 70th birthday here in New York when Paul shows up. Well, that would have to sit somewhere near the top, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, So things like that. uh, Those are in the brand-new issue of fan. My guess is the next issue will be, you know, maybe some reporting on the tour. A couple of shows coming up. I'm going to see them here in New York, obviously. But I'm also headed out to L.A. to see... What they're billing as the you know the official 30th anniversary, you know concert for the band. They're wrapping up the tour at the Greek Theater as they did with the first one. So who knows who may show up there? Uh, <laughs> You're whoa, uh, you Woo! Know, I it heard as, that. They're billing it as an event, so I don't know if that means they're filming it, they're recording it, or if they're doing something a little different, but. We we make an annual trek out to L.A. to visit some friends. I said, you know what, this this year let's do it uh, the weekend of Labor Day to do that. So that's wow. uh, that's coming up on the horizon.
0: That is so nice. We'll have to live vicariously through you.
2: Yeah, the yeah there show, you go.
0: Really <laughs> events with us. You're always, always so busy, and we really are grateful that you took the time out of your day to – share and give us the news today oh boy
1: <laughs>
2: it's an honor and a pleasure always to speak with you ladies always thank,
1: thank you, so you Tom we, we really do appreciate it we just yeah you know, like Lana said we know that you are you've got so many irons in the fire and you're going in so many different directions but thank you thank you thank you
2: oh my pleasure and uh, Lena, we we better be taking attendance uh, with you on hand in a couple okay. weeks.
0: Okay, I might. All right. You know those those five things you named. I I I I think it's that uh, proved my my argument that I must go now. So.
2: All uh, right. <laughs> well, well good. Go there. go figure out the travel plans, the dog sitting, and whatever else has to be figured out. But uh, we're, we'll be looking forward to seeing you there in a couple weeks.
1: Terrific. Thank but, you, Tom. Um, okay.
2: Well, guys, thanks. Have a good night. peace and love. Show to
0: Thank you. Well, show number three in our sizzling summer special with the car's lead guitarist, Elliot Easton, is just around the corner. And then in September, we're going to be chatting with Jim Birkenstadt, the rock and roll detective and the author of the bestseller, The Beatle Who Vanished, The Life of Jimmy Nickel. Jim is our featured author at the upcoming free Beatles Festival and Beatles Symposium, Beatles at the Ridge in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, which is September 20th and 21st, and Jim is going to be giving two great presentations at that symposium, and he'll also be showing and narrating the Martin Scorsese documentary, Living in the Material World, on the life of George Harrison. Jim was also the official historian for the film, and he's going to give Beatles at the Ridge attendees some special inside information about what we are going to be watching. It's super cool. So Jim will conclude our lineup of sizzling summer shows here on She Said, She Said. But don't despair. We are booked through December, and our fall programming is just as exciting. So until next time, please go to my website, LenaStag.com, and check out the Recipe Records series of rock and roll cookbooks. And also visit my dear friend Jude's website at johnlennonseries.com, where you can read sample chapters from her four books on the life of John Lennon. And hey, while you're exploring our sites, please sign up for our free newsletters as well. They're full of Beetle photos, information, and fun. So guys, Jude and I really hope to see you August 9th through the 11th at the Fest for Beetles Fans at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Chicago. And then let's reconvene in September um, the 20th and 21st at Beatles at the Ridge in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas for two days of free Beatles events. And until then, we wish you Food for thought, food for the soul, food for the love of rock and roll.
1: ta and shine on.